0: Hi and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today we have a very special episode. It is a QA. and a questions that have been given by you, the listener. So sit back and enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham.
0: And Pastor Brian
1: Rickey. And I don't have my... The thing that you blow at a party, the a shofar? No, not <laughs> not, not a shofar.
0: <laughs> the no, hand horn? The I, I don't know horn?
1: what you call that. The, the,
0: the kazoo? The, not a kazoo, but the, whatever. The anyway, favor thing. Yeah.
1: There you go. Yes, it's
2: our one hundredth episode.
0: Yeah, we made it.
2: Yes, it's you know. First of all, I think we ought to say a big thank you to the people who have stuck with us. Yeah, this time. we have we have, tolerated. Yeah, you know, tolerated. We have a lot of faithful listeners, and mm-hmm. it's been a huge blessing. um... At faith we've had a couple of people show up at hmm. church because really? of the podcast great. Um, that's great that's been great I had I've, people leave because of it <laughs> <laughs> they are not there yet uh, you know we've, we've taken our fair share of flack for some topics in the AFLC that's for sure but mm-hmm. you know the, the, the different things that have come across you know hearing that churches are using yep. uh, the podcast to supplement confirmation. Uh, churches that we don't even have personal contacts in. I know mm-hmm. there's a church in northwestern Minnesota that yep. uses episodes for their adult Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's I think great. the thing
0: that's blessed me is uh, people from a different denominations oh. wanting to understand mm-hmm. more about Lutheran theology. That's yeah. been fun to read some of those comments. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. I've even received phone calls from people just seeking advice on biblical things. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's interesting yeah, how God's great. been using it. So thank you. The Lord and thank all of you who listen. and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's and, We have a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. you don't always get to see us in between. And we're, we're not, <laughs> I know we're all probably really thankful we didn't record what we were talking about yes, before yes. we started recording. But you know, we do have a great time, and we do really love the Lord and each other. And mm-hmm. I think I don't know about you guys, but I look forward to this. Yeah, the oh, Friday, definitely. So. Favorite time of the month when we
2: record, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, I the stats for last week were hovering at about nine hundred really downloads. Wow, that's a great. Week which is a major blessing and for us it's not about the clicks it's about the accessibility you know mm-hmm. we're doing this because we think the material mm-hmm. uh, is valuable and should yep. be accessible in multiple different formats right. you know presenting
1: the positive teaching of yeah. you know we're not you know trying to beat anybody down here we're just trying to present what is good and what is uh, good, sound right healthy and true. Yeah. yeah good and right and true d- uh, doctrine
2: you know in my twitter feeds uh, for the last couple of weeks there you know a lot of nonsense going on with these so-called discernment ministries who just go out and accuse mm-hmm. everyone and their grandma of false teaching. Yeah. And you know we're remembered that part of the basis for this is we just want to stand for something. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to point to truth and say, this is good that we believe this. It's yeah. good that we confess it. And it's, it's a blessing when people give us compliments about it. It's a blessing uh, when you guys leave reviews on uh, Only iTunes? good ones. Only good Only ones. Good yeah. ones. Yeah. But not because we we seek the popularity or the fame. It's because
0: we have fragile egos. We have yeah. fragile
2: ego. Well, that's true. <laughs> but you know, the more visible the podcast is, yep. the more people are going to discover, and it's going to help more people. Right. And that's great. You know, it's it's a blessing to me when we go to AFLC functions, and some of our colleagues say this is really helping mm-hmm. me out in my ministry. You know, we just haven't gotten preacher.
1: the you know the the mugshot pictures that Jason can sign no. at
2: places like that. No one, no one. This is why Headshot. we're doing is, is, is glamour shots, yeah. Glamour <laughs> shots, yes. This is why we're doing an audio <laughs> podcast because I have a face for radio. And no It'd one needs to look at me. Hair yeah. going in, you know, yes.
0: we, maybe we could all get mullet wigs. Yes, uh, you know? yeah. Yeah,
2: we, if we do a picture, it'll definitely be with uh wigs from hair bands of the 80s. Nice, and, and oh. so, like Europe or Let's something like that. Winger. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's uh, been a lot of fun. So before we get into the questions, yeah. and, and probably as Yeah, a today tactic, is a Q&A Yeah, we're session. having a Q&A. Mm-hmm. You know, just thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Yes. Uh, you don't have to do that. It's not required. You, know, you, know, you owe us nothing. and mm-hmm. So we're blessed that you take time yep. you know, every week to listen.
1: Even if you're speeding up our voices.
2: Yeah, yeah, if if you want us to sound like chipmunks and you listen to 2.0 speed, perfect. You know that's great. Maybe maybe we'll do a spoken word. Uh, we can all Alvin just and talk chipmunks. really really low. Uh, yeah. You know, I told the witch doctor he was you know, <laughs> ooh oo, ah ah ting tang one yes. bing bang. Love it. And then yeah. you can speed that up and it'll be like listen to the chipmunks doing being Lutheran. Perfect. So, well, <laughs> maybe we should move on. I think we, on. it's time to get into the questions That's the here. The worst thank
1: you ever.
0: <laughs> Literally the worst thank you ever. Thank
1: you. No, thank you, listeners. We, we love you, appreciate you, and uh, it's a joy to join you.
0: We just lost a couple listeners. Yeah, at that right. Point. No. We yeah. can't
2: afford that.
1: Delete this. We're going to get canceled. all right. What's the first a free question? free podcast
2: hosted on our own space is going to get canceled. Yeah, okay. right. Let's get into the questions. <laughs> all right, so we have a,
1: a bunch of questions from our, our Facebook post posts, I guess, and uh, the first comes from Marley. Um, in from Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. All right. Awesome. Hello, Marley. Thanks for listening.
2: Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Christmas you season. you lost enough people. <laughs> yeah. All right. She says this, and uh, she starts with quoting scripture, "...pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy." And I guess I didn't look up the reference. It's, I think it's, it's 1st Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 or, th- yeah. yeah. 12, 13, or 14 um,
2: in there. Yeah,
1: in that section. And I think she's referring to the general section anyway. Yeah. Um, Is the Lutheran church quenching the spirit by not talking about slash desiring prophecy? What does it mean to prophesy in current days, um, also not predicting the future? Um, why does the Bible say especially that you may prophesy? You know all caps, especially. Okay. Just wondering there. All
2: right. So there's two big questions, and we're going to take the second one first, and then we can kind of harangue around the first one a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean to prophesy? And so, what is the spiritual gift of prophecy? Right. And what does it mean to quench the spirit? And this is a fantastic mm-hmm. question. It's a really great question. There's a lot of theological topics that it kind of touches on, and, and it gives us a big picture. But I'm really excited to answer this because this is one of my own personal heresies. Okay, uh, I have I have a pretty independent. Opinion on this. Uh, I've only met a couple of people that really line up with where I stand <laughs> on it.
0: The um, views that Jason is about. Yeah, to share, right. So exactly. A
2: conservative Lutheran position on this would be what we call uh, Cessation. cessationism. cessationism. Yeah. Is that a, a, some of the more dynamic, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, spiritual gifts mm-hmm. have ceased? What um, do you mean by a dynamic? Um, well the, the the two that people are always kind of wringing their hands about mm-hmm. are prophecy and speaking in tongues right and so prophecy
1: uh, being predicting the future yeah, and prophecy yeah okay we'll get to that
2: in a little bit uh, but it, it it's it's Basically, the teaching is it was for a specific time and a specific cause as mm-hmm. the church developed, and mm-hmm. in the scripture, the proof text behind cessationism is from First Corinthians thirteen, where there are tongues, where there are prophecies, they will cease mm-hmm. uh, once the word of God had kind of completed and the canon had been closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Thus
1: saith the Lord.
2: Yep. yep, and that that, and so that's kind of a common Lutheran position. I am not a cessationist. (gasps) Mostly because I think historically speaking, we've missed the mark on spiritual gifts altogether. uh, And especially with prophecy. Mm -hmm. When it comes to prophecy and and, and in Marley's question, Mm -hmm. it's really great because it's right there. Most people look at the nature of the predictive nature of prophecy. right? Um, But the whole point of prophecy in scripture is that you're just relaying God's word. Mm -hmm. Now, there are prophets in other religions uh, that are generating prophecies, but God's prophets in scripture only and ever say, thus saith the Lord, Mm -hmm. which means that the nature of prophecy is not to generate content, but it is to relay God's word. Regurgitate. And,
0: yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> Let's just say repeat. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs>
2: but yeah. but I believe the gift of prophecy is a special ability either to preach mm-hmm, right. or to relay or apply God's word individually if you're not a pastor mm-hmm. preaching in a congregation. I, uh, I see that consistent. In fact, Luther right. is great on this because uh, Luther wrote extensively on the minor prophets mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. And Luther always says what they're doing is preaching a sermon. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. And yeah, they right. they're pointing to the word of God now in the Old Testament and in some cases the New Testament. The word of God is original as they're speaking it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's a good analogy cuz you know when you think of preaching when I preach a sermon to my congregation, it's meant for that congregation. Sure people others outside might listen to it, you know like on a podcast or whatever, yeah. but as I'm preparing as a pastor, I'm thinking of my people and how this connects to them and their, their life. It's, and then maybe it's, it's that distinction between forth and foretelling exactly. God's word.
2: And, and so, what, what I would say is that in the church, uh, the, the nature of prophecy might have changed, but the prophetic gift has not gone away. Mm-hmm. Is that there are pastors who are gifted to proclaim the word of God. Mm-hmm. There are people, and we've all had people in our lives who were going through something, were struggling, yeah, and they right. come alongside with a Bible verse yeah. or some counsel from Scripture, and it's good. Right. And it, and it's great. Yeah. And and that's what the gift of prophecy is. It's, it's always only and ever been relaying the word of God. Now, you know, in the case of like Nahum preaching against Assyria, as he's preaching, that's the word of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, In the case now, we are expositing the word of God. Mm -hmm. We are taking the word of God and we're explaining it and applying it. But we would say that, you know, when we call it the message, it is a message from the Lord when we preach from the pulpit. We have been called to do that. And that's, oh, go ahead.
0: Could you, would you say then, prophecy, in light of what you're saying, is basically the proper application of God's holy word in the canon as we have it now? To any given situation, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in orthodox Christian manner, yeah.
2: prophecy is simply proclamation of the word, and that's probably why you know she
1: asks, why does the Bible say especially, yeah. especially that you may prophesy? Because it's God's it's, word, in right? This God. yeah. yeah, because of the centrality
2: yeah. of God's word, and, and this is where we get mm-hmm. to. You know, the conservative church, you know, we stand on the inerrant, infallible, inspired, mm-hmm. normative word of God. That's why the especially is there. God wants all Christians to know his word mm-hmm. and to proclaim his word at forth. appropriate yeah. times. And and that's why all people should be desiring the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. In the same manner, I know this wasn't in Marley's question, uh, the gift of tongues mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that it's specifically ecstatic spiritual utterances. Mm-hmm. We'll notice that when the gifts of tongues was first poured out in the book of Acts, it was all extant languages. They mm-hmm. were all recognizable by the people who spoke those languages. And I think what Bible translators do today is what the Bible has in mind when it talks about the gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. And, and we all know people, again, who are gifted with languages. I mean, it you know, it took me two years, and then some as a labor of love to get through Greek. But we had (laughs) classmates in seminary that picked up Greek with Mm -hmm. a snap of the fingers and they can look at the words and they can parse them out and and things like that. I think we need to be uh, aware that a lot of the way we think about spiritual gifts is because we've allowed ourselves to be forced into a corner by the charismatic church.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in a dangerous way, we try to um, recapture or to almost redo what the time of Acts was. And yeah. we have to understand that those apostles were the foundation of the church, and they had a very specific one-time office. And I know people sometimes use the the title or office as an apostle in modern-day churches. I think that's dangerous, because then we begin to weaken or misunderstand Exactly what their role was, and, as you said, many times they were speaking scripture themselves, Paul, you know, as he's talking about that, and in first peter uh second Peter chapter um three, where Peter's like, you know people get confused about Paul's writings, and they twist what he says like they do the other scriptures. scriptures and so here Peter's even ascribing that worth to Paul's writings as well because it is in accord to God's word and the gospel of Christ, but for us today, I mean. If we don't understand the aspect of the canon being closed and that no one is to add or take away from this and that it is proper application, then we don't get so fearful about using the term prophecy as a spiritual gift Mm -hmm. or the term of tongues as a spiritual gift. And I think you said this, actually, when we had this conversation on the phone one time, um, that spiritual gifts don't necessarily— um, go away, they just change according to the needs of, of the, the church, church. Mm-hmm. and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. during that time, and again, according to the needs of yeah, the church th- mm-hmm. there 's
2: every indication in the New Testament that spiritual gifts are often uh situational mm-hmm. you know and, and as and, the spirit
1: sees fit as the spirit
2: yeah. sees fit in the situation and and you know again. Uh, I firmly believe that a lot of w- what we confess about spiritual gifts we do because we 've been backed into a corner by the charismatics and the pentecostals it 's we have these spiritual gift inventories mm-hmm. well, what is that it, there 's no evidence that anyone has just one spiritual gift yeah. there 's no evidence that the lists of spiritual gifts are the totality of the available spiritual gifts and and you might have a spiritual gift in a specific situation at a specific time and you might come around and try to do that 10 years later and find out that that's not happening because the spirit works how he wills Mm -hmm. consistent with you know the will of God triune God and the the word Mm -hmm. and and so we have to be aware of that you know go back to Acts 2 The the confession of the Assemblies of God and other churches is that Acts 2 is the normative experience for a spirit-filled Christian. They're right, but they're looking at the miraculous speaking in tongues and the rushing and the power of the Holy Spirit. The normative experience for a Christian in Acts 2 is hearing the word of God, repenting, and being forgiven. That's the activity of the church. Peter preaches an amazing sermon. Mm -hmm. He expounds scripture. He, he, he utilizes, he rightly divides law and gospel. Know for certain that this Jesus, whom you crucified, mm-hmm. has been made Lord in Christ. Yeah. You know, and, and people repent, and then people are forgiven. You need to make him Lord and Christ. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and people, uh, people come together as the body of Christ. Yeah. That's the normative experience yeah. there, and that's yep. where prophecy comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing that Marley asked was quenching the Spirit. And this is a big one. You know, the uh, I've always been told if you're afraid that you quench the Holy Spirit, if you if you've grieved the Holy Spirit, then you haven't, because the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you of sin. Uh, quenching the Holy Spirit is persistent unrepentance mm-hmm. and persistent unbelief, uh, and that leads to more and greater sins like blasphemy and things like that. You know, the, the a go-to passage, even though it's not even mentioned, is Acts one, or not Acts one, Romans one where God teaches, starting in verse 18, that he punishes sin with more sin. that Unrepentance leads to more sin, which leads to unrepentance, which leads to more sin. That's grieving the Holy Spirit. That's quenching the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. When you are not responding to the conviction of sin, when you are not uh, heeding the calls to confess your sins and to believe in God.
0: And that sin can consist of what was going on in the church of Corinth in that they were taking pride in certain spiritual gifts over that of others. And they were basically having this spiritual caste system, if you will, that, oh, I'm more holier than you because I have this spiritual gift. And so pride can be a part of that too. When mm-hmm. it's unrepentant. And, Absolutely. And that's
2: the key. Unrepentant sin is quenching the Holy Spirit. That's mm-hmm. what we're looking at with that. So I hope that helps, Marlene. Yeah. And thank you for the great question. Uh, we have another question uh, from Brian. Not you, Brian.
0: No, different Brian. Different Brian. <laughs> do you want to ask that one? Yes. It's um, how do you process according to Scripture in a healthy way um, the leaving of a church in under negative terms? Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of us have, as pastors, have either experienced it in our own personal lives, mm-hmm. um, had people come in that yeah. were that way, or even possibly people leaving mm-hmm. that way. And so I think it's a great question. Yeah. Because um,
1: I'll tell you this: don't don't send an email. And leave it at that. Oh, all
0: caps and <laughs> red. Yeah. Had a few of yeah, right. yeah. You know, um, when I was out, uh, my first parish that I served, I was really privileged to be out in South Dakota. And that congregation was wonderful. And in that particular area in South Dakota, there was uh, a large, I'm just going to say it, ELCA um, uh, presence there. And as they made the decision... Um, not too long ago, 10, was it 10-ish? Yeah, 10-ish years ago or so to go ahead and practi- or uh, ordain practicing mm, homosexuals. Yep, yep. There was a major uproar uh, in a lot of those ELCA churches, and they were actually coming to me. And so a lot of those uh, people were angry and they were hurt because they felt like their their church betrayed them. Some of them had had their, their parents, their grandparents, and their great-grandparents mm-hmm. have gone to these churches and helped build mm-hmm. the physical building of those churches, not the church itself. But mm-hmm. um, And so they would come to me angry, and I, I remember having to deal with a lot of bitterness yeah. and hurt over that. And so I actually started incorporating communion at the end of each new member's class— as people were coming out of those angry and bitter situations to just allow God to heal through his grace and mercy mm-hmm. uh, and through that time. And there was a lot of tears and a lot of sad, sadness. And what, I, I, this is what this is my perception of this, and you guys can comment on it, but it, it changed from hurt, anger, and pain mm-hmm. to biblical grief and a desire to pray. Mm-hmm. And I was very thankful for that transformation. So spiritual healing is a powerful thing. You know? Mm-hmm.
2: you know, I would say that there is probably no right way to do this, although there are several wrong ways to do it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, from my and, pers- yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, from my perspective as a pastor, uh, and, and, and it, you know, this question in in some sense is highly contextual, so it's hard to answer with mm-hmm. any deal of specificity. It,
1: it depends so much on yeah. the circumstances, the, the
2: nature of the objection that's causing you to leave, the, yeah. you know, things like that. But one thing I always recommend. No matter what your opinion of the pastor of the church you're leaving, look him in the eye and tell him, meet him face to face, talk to him. If he doesn't accept what you're saying, if he rejects, if, if you're leaving because he's a charlatan or whatever, still do it. Uh, sit down. Oftentimes the pastor will be given an opportunity to repent and address the issues he may not have even known about sometimes, but at least he will know. The second thing I recommend is look your new pastor in the eye face-to-face and tell him why you're here Mm -hmm. so he knows how to minister to you Mm -hmm. so he knows he can be your pastor yeah Mm -hmm. that's good and in and then depending on your church's policy uh, a lot of churches i i have tried Mm -hmm. although failed sometimes Mm -hmm. to to contact yeah right the the previous pastor when there's a transfer of membership and stuff and Mm -hmm. then your new pastor i I like to make that
1: practice too reaching out to a previous church and
0: nope yeah and that's actually happened with you and i jason yep and uh which I was so thankful and I just have, Mm -hmm. we have that open communication and, you know, I think all pastors would, that, you know, I guess would be biblical Orthodox Christian pastors just want people to go to church to be fed, you know, and we understand that we're all human and there's going to be differences of opinion and there will be preferences that sometimes get in the way. Um, and all of those things, because we're we're sinful and we're fallen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so those things are going to happen. We shouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. by yeah, that. Right. Um, not everyone's going to like my style, Jason's style, best yeah. style. It's you know, yeah. just the way that it is. And we just have to accept <laughs> that's that. That's a hard lesson long, to learn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. And, and that's where our ego's got to be removed from mm-hmm. this as pastors. And, and we just like, what is the greatest need of that person? According to God's word, how can we foster biblical reconciliation in the midst mm-hmm. of this departure, but yet make sure that this person is being mm-hmm. spiritually cared for, nurtured, right. and fed the word of God? So, and,
2: and I will qualify my statement that if there is an actual case of abuse, then flee. Mm-hmm. Then flee. Don't you know? worry about the face-to-face thing. And if it's, you it's illegal, know, you go you know, to the police. Yeah, the sure. Please. Please. No. But... But but in a sense where it's a disagreement, it's doctrinal, it's it's yeah. some sort of offense, but not abuse. Face to face contact is always best, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know. And any even halfway decent pastor worth his salt will have a heart that well, I'm sad it didn't work out at my congregation, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure that you are at a place where you are yeah. being fed, right? Yep. And you know, I've I've had people leave my church and say, you know, are you going to a good church? Yes. And you go with my blessing yeah. mm-hmm. you know and and so we we want to make that clear it's it's not a popularity contest mm-hmm. it's you know it's not about attendance it's not about uh any of that it's we have been called as pastors to feed the sheep you know it's uh preach the word, administer the sacraments and shepherd the sheep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And shepherding yeah. the sheep is primarily done by preaching mm-hmm. the word and administering the sacraments. You know, and hinging
0: off that, I've had people ask me the same question, like, when is it time to leave? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I said, if you're married, you definitely want to have total unity yep. uh, within your household for mm-hmm. sure. But I've used the analogy, it's like, well, you know, uh, we're called sheep and sheep can be stupid, but sheep know to go where the grass is green. Yep. You know, and if you're not being spiritually fed, mm-hmm. if you talk to your pastor in love, Mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that hasn't changed, and you still feel the need to be in a place where you can be fed and nurtured mm-hmm. the holy word of god then mm-hmm. then leave, but do your best to leave on good terms mm-hmm. as well, much as is possible.
2: I think maybe we can even follow the model for church discipline and invert it. talk to your pastor if he does not respond to your concerns. Mm-hmm. Talk to the spiritual leaders in your church, whether they're the elders mm-hmm. or the deacons or whoever council you, or yeah. You know, council. Mm-hmm. Let them know your objections so that they can address it. If they fall on deaf ears, then leave. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a painful thing. Uh it's a it's a it can be harmful, it's sad, it's emotional. But the church exists for people to be nurtured and, and fed spiritually.
0: There's an aspect of separation that God uses. You know, like, you know, Jesus said, if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your sandals and move to the next town. And there's an aspect of that. And then even in Thessalonians, uh, those who do not follow what I say, you know, don't have anything to do with them. Paul even used strongly language. He said, I've turned this person over to Satan for the salvation of his soul. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so separation tells us that something's wrong. And so sometimes... Um, leaving, it may hurt the pastor or the leadership, but maybe God will use that to say, maybe there is something wrong. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like pain in our body. It reminds us yeah. that there's something wrong. Yeah. Well, and in, in all correction and all
2: discipline done right in the body of Christ is for the purpose of restoration and reconciliation. Yeah. Always. That's the focus.
0: But do your best, please, uh, to, as you're leaving, don't throw your brother and sister in Christ under the bus, especially if you disagree with them. It's so easy to vilify people. We need to always ascribe an insurmountable worth to every person, especially the people we disagree with, mm-hmm. or we've lost sight of the gospel. We've lost sight of what it is to worship Christ and the mm-hmm. freedom of Christ in loving our neighbor as ourselves. even those neighbors that disagree with us or we mm-hmm. disagree with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep.
1: Well, do we have a time time for more questions? So or? It's a full length episode yeah, now. Maybe yes. we'll
2: uh, at the end of the sacraments have another Q and A period. Maybe we should st- stop asking for new questions. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and just answer the ones yeah, we have. in yeah, our backlog that we yeah. ignored. End the backlog, um, especially for those <laughs> who ask questions about the sacraments. And we yeah. have quite a few communion yeah, questions. That's good. Uh, they were not intentionally ignored, but they were intentionally ignored because we're going to address them. -hmm. When we're talking
0: about the subject Mm -hmm. in an episode. So that's right. So we will address it. Stay tuned in in an up and coming episode. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. But great.
0: Brian? Second Timothy chapter three says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man or person of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue talking about the Lutheran Confessions and we take up the subject of baptism. God bless you and have a great week.